everyone, and welcome to the Mindable Podcast again. It's good to be back. We've been away for too long. Few weeks that we've been uh, busy with a lot of very interesting things, and we've uh, we've managed to record a, quite a few episodes up front now. So we'll uh, you'll be happy to learn that Mindwall Podcast is back, uh, and there's going to be a lot of momentum uh, today. Jean Ru and I, uh, who are of course your co-hosts of Mindwall, are happy to be speaking to you together. We haven't done that for a while, have we, Jean? Yeah, I know. Good morning, MP. Looking forward to this. It's also the middle, right in the middle of winter already. And the last podcast was still, you know, warm enough here in South Africa. Looking forward to the guests that we have. I can't wait for you to introduce them. Absolutely. Just before I do, for those of our listeners who may be new to the Mindwalk podcast, Mindwalk is a play on, on everything that happens at speed, specifically in the world of digital mining. And everything that warps our minds, so new things, exciting things, and um, and we really appreciate the time that you make to listen to our podcast. Please like and share as you as you wish, and comment, and also tell us if there are topics or people that you'd like for us to introduce um, to the audience or to have on our show. We'd love to hear from you. And the end, uh, this podcast is to talk to opinion makers, people that have changed the industry, and. Uh, yeah, the two that we have uh, today have are busy changing industry and have done so already. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so on that, let's introduce them. Today we've got uh, Mikhail Ramstrom uh, with us from Epiroc, and I'll, I'll let him introduce himself more uh, in, in more detail. And of course, Peter Nell from MineRP as well. So, from our perspective, the two uh, heads of our new organisation. And um, and we we're really looking forward to hearing more about this transaction between MinerP and Epiroc uh, that that many of you will have read about in the media over the past months. And we're looking forward to to walk away understanding a lot more about all things digital and and the strategies of these two companies. And so um, without any further ado, let me introduce Michael Ramstrom. Or let me rather ask you, Mikael, welcome to uh, to Mindwalk. We'd love to hear a little bit more about yourself. What's your role in in, in Epiroc and how did you uh, land up in this large industrial mining company and so on? So over to you. Welcome, Mikael. Thank you, MP, and thank you, Jan. Um, I'm glad to be here. And uh, it's been a very exciting start of the year 2021 for sure. And by the way, it's it's summer. It's not winter. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here in Sweden. You know, it's it's about 20 plus, and and I'm really feeling the joy of summer coming here. So, yeah, but 20 plus to... is winter in South Africa. <laughs> okay, so you can have both winter and summer at the same time. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's uh, far up north here in Sweden, or sorry, sorry, in Europe, I would say. In Sweden, it's in the middle of Sweden. We we have Eppbrok um, in my hometown. I was born here in in Örebro, is the the town. And uh, Eprock has excellent center, factory, uh, logistics center, and about 2,000 employees here. So it's it's actually the the biggest employer in in the city here is Eprock. It's the epicenter of Eprock. You can say that absolutely. It's the epicenter, um, and um, and I. I joined the company in 1999, so it's now 20, almost 22 years since I started. Um, 
Before that, uh, I spent almost 10 years uh, with the space industry in aerospace. You know, Sweden is also uh, active in the European space program uh, with a lot of the environmental satellites, communication satellites, and then some other very secret satellites. It's all together in the European Space Agency. And, and one of the Swedish companies that is um, contributing to this program had a department where space computers for control systems and data handling was uh, from this company and uh, all the software linked to that. So that was my, my start in my first career in, wow. in Gothenburg as a rocket or space engineer. And, and then to go from space to mining, and especially underground mining, was quite a step for me in 1999. You can imagine uh, up in space, the, the environment is tough. It's all these electronics are uh, exposed to radiation, heat, uh, vibrations, everything. And yeah. then you go to mining. And what do you find in mining? Well, not pretty much the same environment, actually. <laughs> it's, no. it's warm, it's cold, it's vibrations, it's a very rough environment. The good thing with mining, though, is that you can actually access your equipment. You can repair, you can, you can exchange. Uh, once you send the satellite to space, there is nothing much more you can do. You, you have to have backups, you have to have a lot of... Uh, support systems for whatever could happen in space. So, so it was a good starting point for me as a young engineer to, to have that in mind all the time. So what do we do if something goes wrong? We can't fix it. We can't yeah. just go there and fix it. it we have to th think about everything that can go wrong before it goes wrong. Wow. And we have to have a solution for that before it happens. So, so that kind of formed my, my thinking and, and going forward now into mining that you can't just put stuff there and then think, well, let's fix it afterwards. Uh, for me, it's been like that. We have to consider the environment. We have to think about what could be the, this exposure, uh, what is the needs, what can happen, and how can we have a solution for that as early as possible. Uh, Mikael, uh, that fits in quite well with my warp. Uh, I didn't realize that. That's, uh, that's great to hear that. Uh, what role do you currently play? And uh, yeah, what, what is your interest in MinRP? So I, I'm now, uh, after these uh, 20 plus years, I'm uh, in a role in Eproc that has to do with uh, uh, digital business. Uh, it's kind of a journey to come to this position for me as a, starting as a project manager in Netbrook and then moving over into marketing and sales and now ending up in digital business. Uh, but in that role that I have now, I'm looking after uh, all the Eprock uh, digital business uh, that is a very uh, growing and expansive area within Eprock. After uh, the acquisition of Minorpi, we are about uh, 300-350 people working in this area uh, globally. So we have people more or less everywhere in the world, either selling, supporting or doing the R&D in this area. 
Wow. So that's that's my responsibility. My my formal title is title is uh, vice president digital business. We also have our uh, president and CEO of uh, Minop on the line. I think this is the first time, Peter, that we're bringing you on the podcast. Uh, you were too busy to talk to us up to now, and um, thank you for your hour that you put aside. Uh, uh, Peter, introduce yourself. You are Minop. Why do I say that, Peter? Thank you, John, MP, to be part of the, the podcast. Peter Nell, um, maybe um, before I start with my uh, my business journey, just uh, something about uh, Peter Nell self. If I need to summarize myself, um, I would like to say, firstly, I'm, I'm a man of God. That's uh, very important for me. Uh, I'm a family man and I'm passionate about nature. That's the three most important things for me, uh, outdoor living. And all the things that I'm doing is always to support those three pillars um, in, in my life. So um, I'm just back uh, where I start off, born in Pretoria in South Africa, uh, grow up in Namibia. Um, where first few years, very important part of my life was uh, in the military, South African military. Um, and uh, at the age of 29, start off, um, working for myself as a, contra a contractor in a uh, business consulting company. Um, and in that first year, I realized that I want to start my own businesses. I had a number of different uh, type of businesses from the restaurant business, shop fitting, building uh, sport fields, um, producing uh, things for the market um, um, in, from a farm, in consulting, then in 97, when uh, MineRP was formed still as uh, GMSI, Graphic Mining Solutions International, um, I was in a consulting company. Part of the process to exit GMSI, that's of the MineRP, uh, out of Anglo-American Gold and Uranium Division. So the first few months, I was still a contractor um, in that space. Um, our consulting company was acquired by MineRP and uh, from there on, part of the, the business. I'm 24 years in the business and the last 15 years, the CEO of the business. And yeah, I want to say, if I say the, the fourth thing in my life that's critical for me is uh, I'm a passionate guy about uh, minor P um, and the digital uh, impact that we can have on in the industry. So um, that's briefly who I am. Peter, uh, wow. Yeah, and I'm saying you are minor P. You're also a very deliberate person, as you've explained to us. Uh, you have planned a strategy over a very long time about ending up where we have ended up. Uh, so tell us about the journey in landing up with Epiroc shortly. Yeah, I was appointed as CEO in 2006, uh, 1st of July. The first 18 months um, doing a lot of in inbound checking, just seeing where we are as a company. And, and we realized uh, that um, we need to handle data in the mining business differently. Um, we developed a spatial database during that stage uh, to see how to answer the, the difficult questions that we've got in mining around data. And then in 2008, with uh, John McGannon, the, the CTO at that stage, uh, we were developing a strategy um, to change the industry, all dependent on data. And um, for, from 2008 to about 2012, working within the, the current ownership structure with Kajima, um, it was quite difficult for us to build and change the business um, with the, the ownership structure. So uh, we, in 2010, we realized that we need to do it something uh, in a different way. We uh, put a plan in place um, that we need to 
to change the business. Um, and we, uh, the plan was basically um, four strategic objectives that we've got. We also were saying that was the to pivoting the business um, over four stages into the new form that uh, we need to be. The first one was to exit from from uh, Kojima um, and then introduce a new business model away from the expert product environment and focusing on, on data. That's where we've got new ownership structures. We have Plattner in his personal capacity as uh, the founder of SAP, um, we're 20% uh, owner. And he helped us, um, and then of the new shareholders, helped us to develop a platform. That was our uh, second strategic objective of pivot that we were driving. It took us about five years on, on that. And then um, the, the third one was uh, when we realized the platform is ready for us, uh, for the market, we thought it was ready. ready. Um, one of our clients at that stage, uh, Dundee Precious Metals of Canada, uh, the operation in Bulgaria, in Chilipech, Rick House, as the CEO at that stage, said that um, but there's more into this platform. And uh, the third pivot for us was always to interna internationalize our business and uh, the platform, uh, the technology that we developed. And um, that was uh, when we introduced the fourth, uh, third pivot by uh, externalized MinRP, um, getting the international focus on that and also move our intellectual property to, to Canada. Um, and uh, that three-year base period was for us to prove um, that the platform is ready for all mining methods. Um, and then the last one, and that's where we uh, are at this stage, was uh, to grow the business. Now um, that we've got a platform that's ready for the market, um, that we know will change the digitalized um, environment of um, the mining industry, um, that uh, pivot was all about growth. You see how we're going to grow the business. Um, and we also realized that if we want to do that, we need to belong to a, a company that's got the vision, the strategy, the drive, also to, to support this uh, digital uh, initiative and drive that we've got in the business. We spent some time finding the right home. There was a number of good companies that were interested in, in us. And um, from the first engagement that we had with Epiroc, we realized that Epiroc is the, the company that we would like to, to, to be part of. Um, and the big reason for, for us for that was because of the, the culture of the company, that were, they were the only company in the first session asking us about our culture, um, the people working in the business, and wow. then the third one, the strategy that we had in the business. Not just focusing on the technology, but the vision in, in that space. And yes, the, from the first, of you can say, the first working day, the 3rd of May, we are now part of, of Epiroc. And um, we can say that it was the end of a 10-year journey and the start of the next 20 years within uh, Epiroc or longer. Well, that's a, that's a very long story, Peter, but it's also a... a... It shows that there was strategic intent. You know, things didn't just happen, which I think having had the privilege of, of, of sharing much of that journey, probably one of the things that makes the company stand out um, and, and it, it gives the company something to work towards that very clear strategy that it's always had. On that topic, uh, Mikhail, when, when people hear the word or the, or, or the company name Epiroc, you know, they, they're used to thinking of APROC as, a, as an equipment manufacturer, ground and a general mining equipment manufacturer. 
Um, and not necessarily thinking digital isn't the thing, first thing that comes to mind when we hear the word Epiroc. So don't you want to just tell us a little bit more about Epiroc's digital strategy, when it started, and, and, and how minor fee, would, uh, minor fee would fit into that, uh, into that world? Yes, MP. Uh, and, and I mean, Epiroc and, and what we was called a couple of years back, Atlas Copco uh, Mining and Rock Excavation. Um, we, um, we also have a very long journey, a long, long history. We, we, we are a company today that is 148 years old, starting in the uh, old mining regions in Sweden. And, and has been the machine and equipment supplier for all that time. And what, what is important with the company, we have been very driven by innovation since start. We have a number of uh, world uh, leading innovations that has changed our industry more or less every 10 or 20 years, uh, you, you have a new groundbreaking innovation that comes into play. Uh, what has happened now the last uh, uh, 20, 30 years is that we have had a lot of innovation and drive in uh, automation for these uh, yeah. machines and equipments. Now, the last latest 10 years, this automation has also now been complemented with digitalization. A lot of the data, a lot of the information from these machines that come into play with our customers. And we do it together with customers. We, we identify the needs and opportunities in using the data from the machines. And now uh, what we have decided over the last couple of years is that we want to complement this. We want to grow this core from the machine, from the data of the machine, and now into the processes of the mine. And how we together with our customers can do a lot more with data and not just optimize the operations and the maintenance and the ownership of equipments, but also look at the full process of mining. Uh, for us um, to do that is, is a big step. It is. Uh, I mean, we are getting a little bit further away from our uh, start of the company and the core of the company. And we thought very early that we, we need partners in this. Mm -hmm. And we have been looking at, at uh, all kinds of opportunities now for the last couple of years. And when we had the chance to partner up and be a owner of Minorpi, we saw immediately that this is a perfect fit for us. It will actually give us not just a product portfolio that is very, very interesting that Minorpi has, but also a lot of and colleagues with experience in this area, a lot of experience. So it's been a very, very exciting start, this partnership between Eprock and Minorpi. Yeah, it's it's interesting that that both you and Peter used the word data. You know, that's that's kind of the common, the, the lowest common denominator here, isn't it? Uh, that uh, we've got to get a handle on on that data in the mining industry, and and of course, it's not only minor P that generates data. Uh, so maybe one or both of you can can comment a little bit about the the openness of this new data world and and to what extent. Uh, Epiroc and then Minor P wants to remain, uh, wants to be seen as an independent or open platform. 
Peter, maybe you can go first. Thank you, MP. Um, I mentioned earlier that um, when we changed the business model of MonRP, uh, the big drive was, was uh, data, and you just mentioned it again, and Mikhail also mentioned the data side. The only way that we said that we can get break down the silos within the science of mining environment was to build a platform to allow for certain things in, in this space. And we've got five things that was always for us critical in this platform to develop that. The first one was always the, the openness of the, the platform. And if you take a real platform, it needs to be open. The, the second one is to be technology agnostic. So uh, that was a big drive. It's a very, very uh, difficult environment to think you can go in and you can only make your systems the only way of creating the data um, in this space because of the years of applications already operating within this space. The third one is the interoperability side. We mentioned all these silos and in those areas and to get between the agnostic of different uh, technologies that will operate in that space, to get that uh, together in, in that space, um, you need to have the interoperability um, uh, way of handling it in, in, in um, the space and the platform is helping us on that. Uh, collaboration, it's uh, one of the outputs that you get from that. And then also the other out, uh, outcome that you're getting from that is transparency. So for us, it's a critical thing to be open um, uh, and to allow the mining industry to, to have a platform where they can get uh, all their data in, in uh, a single environment uh, to see and view and take actions from that. Mikael, uh, it's, it's not only about technology, it's about partnerships and, 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 and all that. You mentioned that. Uh, what, what is EPROC's approach to, to this OEM independent technology, independent open kind of approach that Peter just described there? Uh, yes, MP. You you could easily think that for Eprock, it's all about the Eprock yellow steel and how we can build on that. But but we see and and this is what we find when we work closely to our together with our customers is that of course the the normal mine is not only yellow. It's it's all kinds of colors and brands in a mine and. And when we take this step now a little bit away from the machines, the equipment, and start looking at use and process, then it's all colors of the rainbow. So, right. so for us, it's been obvious from start that uh, whatever we do, it has to be agnostic. It has to be open to all kinds of data, data formats, uh, languages, uh, technologies, and even looking at um, processes and, and uh, types of equipment that we don't normally have in the APROC uh, portfolio. So, so we left that part. We, we are now uh, seeing ourselves as the team in APROC that is really much more than just APROC. We, we are the OEM agnostic team. Uh, our three, 350 employees uh, is looking at the full use the full needs of any type of mining company and that it doesn't matter what brand and and it's not something we just came up to to the last couple of years it's been like that i would say uh, since uh, start of the century when when Eprock together with some partners started something called iredis uh, it's it's a way it was at least 20 years back a way to standardize formats of information and data transfers from machines so that our customers could use the same type of data format no matter where data came from so we we have been a supporter to this 
collaboration, this way of, of exchanging data uh, since start, I would say. MP, maybe just uh, something from my side I would like to add to that. I mentioned the five things and Mikael mentioned now uh, what they were doing with partners. The minor P strategy was always uh, also to, to involve partners in, in this space and people that can use the platform to add more things um, to this uh, environment for us in, in this space. You cannot do that just on your own. And, and the partner structure for us is also a critical part of that, to be the openness and uh, transparent and all those new things um, supporting the mining industry. Fantastic. MP, uh, I'm looking forward to talk to these two gentlemen again. I think we need to start bringing it to a close. I think there's much more that we need to talk about. Any last comments, Mikael, Peter? Maybe I'll ask you, uh, what do you think you would have come and talk about next on this podcast? Because I think there'll be a lot of interest uh, with our listeners uh, to this. I, I can say that this thing with uh, openness and partnerships uh, is so important. And there is a very, very good example of this in in the world today. You can imagine traveling around the world with uh, one mobile phone per country that you need to visit because every country has a different standard of how their mobile phone is working. I mean, that that was the start in the early, early days of mobile yeah. phones. You yeah. had different standards everywhere. Yes. Now, the industry came together and said, let's have one standard that is a global standard. So now you can travel with your phone all around the globe and it works no matter where you come. Oh. And that was because the big ones in the mobile phone industry joined together and created this standard. And what happened? Well, the whole industry grew. So it is by collaboration and partnership, you can actually grow your industry and you can push forward, not alone. I think the lessons learned in that industry, I, I assume that during those early days, they were also some of the equipment uh, manufacturers for mobile phones that was resisting this. Um, yes. I'm think, thinking of a very specific brand which was saying, well, we will be the ones that lose this out. We are the ones that leading currently. We want to have our own standard because then we can secure our own future. And I think the same thing is happening to mining. Correct. John, and uh, just from my side, uh, things that I think uh, that we need to discuss going forward is um, we are now about six weeks in, in this new um, environment. We would like to discuss uh, now that we are together, now that we are one um, in, in this space, what's the, the real value around data that we can unlock for, for minds going forward in, in this space. Value that we can unlock is, is tremendous. And, and I think um, this uh, would be quite a nice topic to discuss going forward. Yeah, very true. Let's, uh, let's schedule that. Let's draw this to, the, to a close. Mikhail, what are you reading? What's on your bedside uh, as we speak? Yes, John. There is a Swedish uh, writer uh, named Hans Rusling. And he's written books about uh, data and how you can look at data from uh, trends and, and what happens in our society. The book he, he wrote is Factfulness. This, yeah. this is a very interesting book. I, I really recommend everyone to read that. But you should also look at his TED Talks. That guy is just amazing when he talks about data and what you can see in data. And this could be a really good um, reference and benchmark for all of us working in this industry, how we can use data to understand what's going on in our companies, in our operations.
Factfulness, it came up before on the podcast. Uh, a great year that I've not read it yet. Peter, on your side. John, uh, I think you know me <laughs> for a long time. I'm not a big reader. Uh, and if I read something, it's something that um, I can take with me and make uh, part of my life uh, going forward. Uh, one thing that was, uh, for me, quite a big uh, issue over the last number of uh, months, um, building up to, to the end of this uh, transaction with, uh, with Epiroc, um, is um, following God's principle in a bottom line world. And uh, for me, um, when I was uh, doing some research on that and see what I can read about those things, one of my old books was one of my favorites that I had was uh, God is my CEO. And just to restart again, and it's the second time I'm going through this book and seeing different things with a focus more on, on the impact on the bottom line world that we're operating in. You mentioned in the beginning of you uh, mentioned previously about uh, capitalism and uh, socialism and all those type of things and the, the different models in, in this environment. This is the one question that that's uh, always bogging me and I want to get some answers around that and how to handle that. So this is the book that I'm uh, for the second time reading. Uh, excellent. excellent. Before we close, I want to ask Peter. Peter, was this a hostile takeover? Uh, John, um, yes, this is the right place. It wasn't a hostile takeover. Uh, we start off with this uh, implementing the fourth uh, pivot for us, uh, October 2019. In 2020, we were hit by COVID. We all know that. And it was just a delay for us in this process. The plan was 10 years ago, by November 2020, we need to find the right home for us. In this process that we followed, there were 22 companies interested in Minarchy, of which 20 was tier one companies. To uh, make a selection, finding Epiroc for us was all part of the plan for us um, to, to implement on, on that. Uh, so I say again, it was because of the, the strategic drive that they had. It's in line what we want to do, and we can um, help them to, to achieve that, uh, Epiroc. And, and then the second thing um, that was quite important for us was the people and the culture-driven company that they are um, in the business. And, and that's, the, that's the right home for us to go forward. So it was, wasn't a hostile takeover. Now I'll comment as an employee. Uh, I am extremely happy with the cultural match uh, and with uh, the interactions up to now. I am personally looking forward to this. MP, bring this to a close for us. Yes, uh, Peter and... Uh, Michael, thank you very much for, for joining us. You've been great guests. We've learned a lot from you. And it's, it's great to see how uh, two, the vision from two companies can be such a great fit. Hopefully, uh, you'll make some time for us uh, very soon again. And we can continue to discuss these topics and specifically the ones that you mentioned as well. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.